You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS. And I can tell you right now, Tom, I can tell you, Billy Jack, I can tell you, the final hour of the show is nothing like what it is on the map. We might do five burning questions. We'll see. I do know that I'm going to tell you this. What the Arizona Cardinals are trying to do with Kyler Murray is absolute BS, and they're only making themselves look worse. Come on out and tell everybody that the first pick overall is for sale. And then let them all hear it. If you're trying to tell me that you're going to draft Kyler Murray based on Cliff Kingsbury, even though you've already drafted Josh Rosen last year, again, based off Cliff Kingsbury, then what is Steve Kime still doing there? Chris Trapasso agreed with me earlier in this show. It's the biggest line of BS I've been hearing all weekend. But I guess, according to everybody at the Combine, he's it's unanimous he's going to be the number one overall. Kyler Murray is. Congratulations. You've worked yourself into a shoot. In the words of DJ Khaled, congratulations. You played yourself. Also coming up, just because Antonio Brown dyes his mustache blonde doesn't mean he's wrong. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-212-4227. Bryce Harper signed to a 13-year, $330 million deal. They've, they've got it half right. Philadelphia's right. Philadelphia is going to have no problem. The Phillies do a pretty good job from all everything that I know. From my buddy Joe over there, Zach Gelb tells me, a bunch of people tell me, they do it well. They they get the pop, the circumstance, they get the Philly fanatic, everybody gets excited. They try to get you excited about Philadelphia Phillies baseball. They, the Flyers, the Eagles, they do a pretty damn good job of it. The 76ers, hell, they got everybody still chanting trust the process. So obviously all four teams in Philadelphia, they do a pretty good job of getting everybody excited. What was the number that I heard what was sold? Billy Jack, 100,000 tickets after they did that? Yeah, was it a hundred thousand? A hundred thousand tickets they sold after right after they announced that that Bryce Harper was going to be a Philadelphia Philly. That's a hell of a lot of tickets. So you don't have to worry in Philadelphia; they'll know who Bryce Harper is. I love Bryce Harper, and I don't like him because he's a good baseball player. I'm not a big Bryce Harper fan, Nats fan, whatever. The reason I love Bryce Harper is because there's people who hate Bryce Harper. And there will be people who love Bryce Harper. And both of those sides can get together and they can get a fight going and we can talk about that type of guy. I love interesting characters. Bryce Harper is an interesting person. People think he can be cantankerous, egotistical, childish, churlish, doesn't matter. They don't like him. They love him. And we can have a conversation about him. I love players like that. Mike Trout, I respect, but I love Bryce Harper. Mike Trout's the greatest player in the game. Mike Trout's an historically great player. He's already a Hall of Famer, but I love Bryce Harper. And baseball, Major League Baseball, needs to love Bryce Harper. Because every time we start to talking about how baseball can get better, we talk about the wrong thing. 
well, you got to slow down or you got to speed up the game. It's been getting too slow. Got to put a pitch clock on it. Got to keep guys in the box. See, that's all natural stuff. Is it really something you want to promote? Is that really going to get people to go to the ballpark? I brought this up two weeks ago before the Bryce Harper signing, and I want to bring it up again because it is important to me. Telling people that they're going to spend less time at the ballpark isn't a selling point. Stars get people to the ballpark. Bryce Harper will get people to the ballpark. Mike Trout, I wish, got people to the ballpark, but he's boring. It's just the truth. Stars, interesting people, get fans to the ballpark. Hardcore baseball fan hates hearing that. Hardcore baseball fan wants to treat baseball like a hobby. It's a big-time, professional, money-making entity. you got to get regular folks there. You have to get folks there who you don't respect their baseball acumen. They don't read fan graphs. They weren't excited about Pakota coming out. They don't read. They are not baseball perspectives people. They don't really care. You need those people. They have money, and it all spends too. And they'll all root with you. And and while you might not like them because they're not in your hobby, they they don't have that same obsession that you do. Their money still spends, and it makes your favorite baseball team able to spend more money and able to make your baseball team better in in a bunch of different places. Not just a bunch of Bryce Harper deals, but that it's able to make your baseball team a lot better in different places. You need personality. Bryce Harper has a personality. There are other players who have a personality. Baseball needs to bring it out. Stop telling me that you're going to put pitchers on a pitch clock. Stop telling me that you're going to keep batters in the ba- in the ba- in the box. I don't care. I don't care that the game is three hours and thirteen minutes long, and that it need that you're doing your best to shorten it underneath three hours. I don't care. I shouldn't know the time. I shouldn't know. Football team football games take forever. NFL games take forever, and we talk about it every now and then, but it's not the main thing. Baseball every single. Bleeping time we talk baseball, this gets brought up. And it's because baseball pushes it. Well, now if we bring a pitcher out there, he's got to face three batters because we're wasting your time. You know who uses that as a promotion? When you're telling me that I'm going to spend less time at your event and you use that as something to quote-unquote promote your sport, you're doing it wrong. The other things that use that as a promotion, that, that advertise that you're not going to spend a lot of time there, BMVs and emergency rooms, not professional sports, not one of the big three, big four, sorry, hockey fans, big four professional sports. Promote stars. Let us figure it out. I, I don't need Bryce Harper hidden from me. Well, because Bryce Harper might have... Oh, he might have pimped out a home run here or there. We don't like that. No, no, we don't care. We don't care for those type of things. He did a bat flip. Oh, my God. Who cares? Let us figure it out. Let us argue whether or not bat flips are good or bad or whether or not Bryce Harper should shut up if he's not having a great season. Let us bicker about that. And also, stop living in the past. And I don't know how they do this. This is something that... I wish I could give you an argument because part of my argument is that i got to be able to give you a solution. I'm not necessarily sure about the solution right off here, so I might end up spitballing it. But I look at the the NFL. I'm in Cleveland. The Browns signed Kareem Hunt two weeks ago. Kareem Hunt, there's a video of him committing assault on a woman in a hotel hallway. 
They signed him. People were up in arms for like a day, 48 hours at most. He'll be a story if he ends up in camp. He'll be a story when he eventually plays, and then people will move on. Domestic violence, as, as, and this isn't an excuse, obviously, and I'm not condoning it. You always have to say that. Domestic violence is a real problem in America, and it should be. I, people should go against domestic violence. We should be putting these people on blast for this. And I wish the NFL would make a stronger case for it, but they're not going to. They haven't had to. We don't make them. If they did, we'd support them, but they don't, and we all move on. They have arrest problems in the NFL. There's guys who have drug problems in the NFL. And we all move on. Concussions were a big deal. Ratings went right back up to 20% to where they were the year before. We all moved on. Colin Kaepernick was a big deal. We'll watch again coming up this year. Major League Baseball, every time we talk about Major League Baseball, I dare you. Unless you're in New York, unless you're in Boston at certain times of the year, St. Louis is a great baseball town. Try talking about baseball without getting steroids brought up. It's impossible. We start, we start talking about how do you promote baseball. The steroid age always gets brought up. Why? Why are we living in the past? I know. We, Roger Clemens isn't allowed in the Hall of Fame, and, and Mike, Mark McGuire isn't allowed in the Hall of Fame, and Barry Bonds isn't allowed in the Hall of Fame, and oh, my God, we care. who cares? Who, who really cares? We, argue, we should be arguing about Halls of Fame once, maybe twice a year. The rest should be about the sports and what goes on in the sports. So what? It's a bust. It's a plaque. It's a museum where a bunch of dead guys are honored. That's what they are. Give me this sanctimonious stuff, this garbage. It's a museum. And for us sports fans, yeah, we can argue about whether or not a guy deserves to be in there, but now we're taking it to a different level where guys who really have, frankly, no business ever having a chance to be in the Hall of Fame in the terms of that museum and being honored as one of the greats in that, again, museum, but because we're so obsessed with guys sticking syringes in their ass that we're so angry about it that we have to make it a big deal every single year. And baseball pays the piper for it. Bryce Harper is how old? 26 years old? He's 26, right? So when was Bryce Harper born? Give me a year. Ben or uh, uh, Billy, give me a year. What year was Bryce Harper born? 1992. 1992. Bryce Harper was born in 1992. So by the time Bryce Harper was playing baseball and cognizant of major stars in baseball, that would have probably been 1996, 1997. So he might have started to know about Mark McGuire. But why on earth is Bryce Harper or Mike Trout or Francisco Lindor or Nolan Arenado or Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge and some of the best hitters that we could possibly find, why on earth are they still paying the fiddler for Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and even Alex Rodriguez? We're trying to move on. And even myself, I understand the hypocrisy that I'm shouting from the rooftop to anybody who will listen right now in America on a Saturday midday about steroids. You have guys on tape hitting women in the NFL. And we'll find ways to move on. Some guys will try to find ways to condone it. It's sick, but I've taken those calls. NBA, they've had drug problems in the past. You you honestly have a classism going on in the NBA where players do not want to be in flyover states. 
where no matter what you do to the contracts, no matter what you do to the CBA, if that player does not want to play in that city, if he doesn't want to live in that area, he's going to leave. The NBA is still able to market their stars. We made movies about concussions. Will Smith was in it for crying out loud. NFL moves on. Major League Baseball, well, you see, Barry Bonds, he went to Balco, and he might have had cream or clear or something like that, and he gave himself a rub down with some sort of flubber one time back in the 90s, and boy, we still just let you hear about it. Good God. Have you ever seen anything like that where you drag around the corpse of a dead subject for 20 years? 855-2124-CBS. Bryce Harper signed to great money. If I'm Major League Baseball, I still expand the postseason. Make sure Manny Machado could get in the postseason. Make sure Bryce Harper could get in the postseason. It gives you a chance to not be forced to make moves because your team, if they're a bubble team, it makes it harder for them to give up on the season. You're still in it. And that's the best part about postseason baseball. For everything we ridicule Major League Baseball during the regular season, we love it during the postseason. While people say they're bored during the regular season, they're on the edge of their seats. The anticipation kills them during the postseason. Okay, then add more teams. What's the problem? Add more teams. Put in two more teams. What's the problem with putting in two more teams? It makes it less likely that a team gives up on their team halfway through the year after the trade or during the trade deadline. Make one strong trade deadline, no more waiver stuff. 855-2124-CBS. I, this, is, this is good stuff I'm giving you. I'm giving it to you for free. I'm kidding. We add players to it. Add, add teams to it. If I'm in one of the quote-unquote flyover states with one of the other mid-markets out there, well, you know, we're right there. We're about two games out of that wild card spot here. It makes it less likely that we give up on the season. That means my stars stay. That means maybe I'm potentially oh, I'm maybe a buyer. At times, I wouldn't have been a buyer. And then we get to promote stars when people are actually watching because people do like postseason baseball for all the reasons they say they don't like regular season baseball. It's hypocritical, but we're America. We're allowed to be that way. You add more teams, more chances for more stars, more chances for more stars on TV. More Bryce Harper, more Manny Machado, more Aaron Judge, even though he's in New York. More of these guys is not a bad thing. And let us figure it out. Let me be the judge. Let me be the judge at home whether or not I like Bryce Harper pimping home runs or not. Let me be the judge at home whether or not I like Clayton Kershaw either being too laconic after a, after a strikeout or whether or not I like it when Trevor Bauer pipes off on social media. Let me be the judge of that as a fan. That's what they do in baseball, football and basketball. Just stop telling me I'm going to spend less time at the ballpark when I go. That's not a selling point. If you're a, ho- if you're a hospital and you have an emergency room, then you can tell me that. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, we'll try to do five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Tom, give it to me. What's up, Ken? Hot and heavy. Well, you're very busy. You're going on vacation. That's right. You're going to Italy? In Italia. Two weeks, starting tomorrow. Are you going to eat pizza over there? I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to eat everything. Prosciutto. They, they don't have gelato. pizza like... Gelato? Yeah. 
I had gelato once from the grocery store. It tasted oh like garbage. Goodness gracious, Ken! I'm sure it's. I sure. I'm sure it's much better in Italy. Yeah. Are you going to be one of those people? Did you ever see Portlandia? Yes. They did a skit about this. But are you going to be one of those people where when you come back for a month, you know, in Italy, this is actually how they do it. And you're like you're taking dumps on people's pizza and stuff I hope like that. Not. I, I, I've been three times already. Speaking. This is my fourth, so I think I'm like. In a good Whoa. place to not overreact. Whoa! But... You've been to you've been to Italy three times. Yeah, I mean, my name is De Benedetto. It, my grandparents are literally off the boat. So, oh, you see, my parent, my family's been here four hundred years. Exactly. We're American. We're, we're American. We're American. People we're American like, too, but it just hey, can't took you a while t- to get there. You Irish? You English? Knob American? Thank you very much. <laughs> yep. All right, you ready for some questions? No, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I celebrate 4th of July. That's my question. I'll answer one. We'll do a six. That's the first one. Okay. So go ahead. The other five are all on football. We're doing a football-focused five questions today. Nothing on LeBron? We don't want to sit here and spend an inordinate amount of time on LeBron and why he's not the greatest ever because of the decisions he's just recently made? I don't know about you. I'm a little bit LeBroned out. But you got anything about Antonio Brown in there? We're starting with Antonio Brown. Yeah! As the drama continues... And we're basically at a point now where there is no shot of a return to the Steelers. I think everybody is pretty much in agreement about this. But I don't know Uh that a lot of people have examined the other angle enough, which is what is actually a good fit for Antonio Brown? Where could he go that he could actually be happy and get back to his all-pro form? There are teams that are supposedly interested are the two Bay Area teams, the Redskins, the Titans, maybe even the Seahawks. What say you, Ken? What is actually the best future Man. home for Antonio Brown? Anywhere that has a smart quarterback that's not going to throw him under the bus. And people hate Antonio Brown. Listen, close your eyes and listen to Antonio Brown. Don't look at it because you're just going to see the blonde mustache and then you're going to get upset and you're not going to want to pay attention to him. I'm serious about that, by the way. People just see the mustache. and It's amazing because you brought up, well, he's going to get back to his, his form he had 1,200 yards receiving last year. He was three away from 1,300 yards receiving last year, Tom. Yeah, he was very he sc- good. I don't think he, he scored 15 touchdowns, so it's not like he's got to get back to all pro four. He didn't make the all pro team, and I don't think he should have. I, that's what I'm 15 touch, 15 touchdowns and 1,300 yards. That's about as good as you're going to get from a guy, man. Very good. About as good as you're going to get, and I think it's because of the last of the end of the year. I think that's what affects it, and I I take his side. I heard what he said in the LeBron thing, and I know that's going around where he put it on Ben Roethlisberger. I've been telling you for months, months, Tom, and you know this. You can't just sit there and blame it all on a wide receiver. Your pecking order of leadership goes quarterback, and I mean quarterback, then head coach. Then everybody else. And if you don't have leadership and you have a guy who's out there making boobish decisions, go back to the Jacksonville game, boobish decisions and blaming everybody else, they're going to get upset about that. And that can get in the way. So people want to sit there and point fingers at 84. I'm looking at number seven and I'm looking for the guy in the headset. That's what I'm looking at in Pittsburgh. However, you want to ask me the best place for him. I don't. I mean, there's so many different places. It's just the money. Why do, you, do you really want to put forth the money for a guy who's coming off a, a season which he was good but does have baggage going on 31 years old? Because it, it's not just giving up the picks. you got to pay the freight for it. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm not taking anything that's going to undercut me. I'm a good football organization still, and I want to make the right decision for it. But I think those teams that you just brought up, 
I think Indianapolis could be a good spot. I think they got some space. I think Andrew Luck would be good to him. Scary good. I think San Francisco, obviously. You brought up Seattle. Boy, Seattle would be fun. Pete Carroll seems like a player's coach. Some people think he's a snake in the grass. Not Head coaches aren't meant to be loved by everybody. Uh, I think those are three really good places. Next. All right, let's move on to the other big story from the week. Jason Witten famously unretiring out of the Monday Night Football booth to rejoin the Cowboys on a one-year, $3.5 million contract with incentives that can get him up to $5 million. A lot of people have said that this may cause now a shift in his post-career plans as well. So I'm asking you, is it more likely, do you think, that we see Witten return to broadcasting after this latest playing stint or go down the road of coaching? It's over. He'll be a coach. He's not going to be a broadcaster. He's not gonna. He's a football guy. Jason Witten was one of the one of the most respected players in the NFL when he retired, and he became a punchline when he was a broadcaster. He's not going to be a broadcaster anymore. He's going to be a coacher. That coach that is shooting fish in a barrel. Next, all right, your boy Johnny Manziel was booted from the CFL this week for an unspecified violation. Don't of his call him my boy. Agreement. Don't call him my boy. <laughs> The AAF is apparently interested, but they're still trying to sort out the details of what exactly happened that caused this contract to be terminated. My question for you, Ken, is hmm. will Manziel ever have another successful season of football at any level? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think that it's over, and uh, I think that he becomes a cautionary tale. Sad to say. I, he, he was a lot of fun, but we, you watch these games, and... This is the problem with social media because it's groupthink and you're afraid to speak your mind on this stuff. But you saw some of those passes that he complete to Mike Evans against Alabama and you're going, this is college stuff. This isn't going to work in the NFL. And it didn't work in the NFL. And to just say, well, let Johnny be Johnny. Okay, let Johnny be Johnny. And then go let Wallace Gilberry do the money sign over him after a sack. Okay. But no, it's it's over. Next. NFL is looking into the possibility of adding a sky judge to officiating crews. This is mimicking something from the CFL, and I believe the AAF has a version Ooh. of this, too. Ooh. Do you think this is a good idea, Ken, for the league to adopt this Whatever judge? makes This is a ref in the press box, essentially, an, an oh. auxiliary oh. ref. Yeah, yeah, whatever makes it better. Whatever makes it better, I say yes. What's the downside to that? I want to know what's the downside. Too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe, you know? If the person's making the decision, the person's making the decision. What are you going to do? So that's if how you would if do it. Still you have one that person. Per- that's the other thing, uh, chain of command. So you would have that sky judge be the kind of the final say. So what do you do? Do you take all the refs now and put them up in the booth? Because no, you don't want anybody above the pecking order of the ref. Those guys would probably take that personally, wouldn't exactly. they? Exactly. That's why this is complicated. Yeah. So I'm, I just yeah, move them up to the booth. Sean Hockley, I know you're young. Get your ass up in the booth. All right, last one. The Dallas Cowboys had two defensive linemen indefinitely suspended this week. Randy Gregory and David Irving both suspended for violating the drug policy. Jason Garrett is still in place. Jason Witten inexplicably back on the team. Those two now suspended indefinitely. What would you be thinking right now, Ken, if you were a Cowboys fan? Boy, I wonder what Lincoln Riley is going to be doing at the end of this coming season. (laughs) Well, you put it this way. You just talked to – we opened the show this morning about Cliff Kingsbury. What's Cliff Kingsbury really done at Texas Tech? Coached some good quarterbacks. One doesn't like him anymore. Baker Mayfield doesn't seem to care for Cliff Kingsbury that much, at least by the documentary I saw on Fox Sports this last spring. So if he don't like him and other people seemingly coach him and he found his way back into the into the NFL and the Peter Principle, what can Lincoln Riley do? If you're a Cowboy fan, 
you can't be telling me that ain't the top of your mind. People continuously put it on Jason Garrett's shoulders, and there's times where he's absolutely at fault for that. Sometimes I don't think he is. Dak Prescott, I don't think, is nearly as good as what people thought he was when he first started in his NFL career. They're going to have a question about that and the money that he's going to be owed here coming up shortly. But if I'm the Dallas Cowboys or I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, I should point out, you've had a guy who's coached two unorthodox quarterbacks, at least we believe two at the beginning. They could be the number one overall pick back-to-back, both Heisman Trophy winners, and you got the wins to put up on the board. You've been to the postseason twice, two times in the last two years. A third year could be a charm. You can't tell me that Lincoln Riley isn't thinking about it. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, if this season goes well or is a, is a disappointment in 2019, which the Cowboys fans, if they don't go to the Super Bowl in 2019, it is. I feel that not the power that's given to John Gruden, but a big contract worth a lot of money to try to get Lincoln Riley out of there, I think that's right up his alley. Your thoughts? I mean, I think I'm right with you. That's got to be the thing. That's got to be Jerry's number one target right now. They say there's mutual interest. The timing seems right. They're going to have another big year, I think, with Jalen Hurts. It seems like it could easily end up being exactly that. Yeah, no one's even saying Jalen Hurts is going to be a big-time NFL prospect. What if he makes him a draftable quarterback? I think you've worked with you worked with quarterbacks, and he'll more than likely go back to the postseason this year. Three straight years of the postseason, three straight good quarterbacks. What more could you want? Bye. See you in the NFL. We'll talk to you on Sundays. 855-2124-CBS. That's five burning questions. Coming up next, I got to tell you, I don't believe any of this stuff about Kyler Murray. However, it used to be Sean McVay. But I think we found a new most dangerous man in the NFL. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Send the tweet. Send them hot. At Ken Carmen. C-R-M-A-N. I got to get it off my chest. I wasn't in last week. I wanted to do something on 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 Zion Williamson, and I wasn't able to do it last week, and now the time has passed, and I can't do it. You know what? I'm going to do it. I got two things I got to get off my chest, and I got to get to Kyler Murray. I can't help it. Can we stop using Zion Williamson as some sort of a martyr because of the NCAA? You know he chose Duke for a reason, right? By the way, Tom, if you disagree with me, you pipe right on in if you want to. I'm going to need you to get what I said about March 9th coming up here soon because I'm just going to say it about LeBron even though I I didn't think I was going to. I'm going to say it. However, people are using Zion Williamson as some sort of a martyr for the NCAA. I'm sorry. You're barking up the wrong tree and you got to pick somebody else to do it. If you want to go pick some kid who plays for Buffalo, they're a top 25 ranked team, you go right on ahead and do so. You want to use Zion Williamson as some sort of a, a of of a martyr for, for the NCAA and why the NCAA is a bunch of crooks. First off, that is not a hot take anymore. Everybody knows that the NCAA is a bunch of crooks. The second thing is, Zion Williamson could have played in China. He could have played in Europe. He could have played in the G League if he wanted to. He played at Duke. There's a reason he played at Duke, because you know who Zion Williamson is. And now you're using Zion Williamson to argue against the NCAA. 
He wins. And guess what's more than likely waiting on him, even though it busted right there on national television? A nice shoe contract. Because obviously people at Duke know people at Nike. And I know that we can get into some Sonny Vaccaro stuff and maybe some Bill Self stuff here recently, but let's not act like that's not a possibility and true. Because if he's the number one overall pick, which is why you go to a place like Duke, because there's going to be a bunch of eyeballs on you and you can create that type of public relations that you can't do it playing for money in China and in, and in the G League and in Europe. The reason why you go to play to Duke is to do things like that. So if you want to use a basketball player as a martyr against the NCAA, and for an example against the NCAA, you go right on ahead. There's thousands of them that you possibly can do it for. Zion Williamson is the last one you should be using. Next. Do we have it yet, Tom? LeBron? Yeah, you LeBron. Yeah, what did I do? How long ago was this? Do you remember the date? Uh, it was about a month ago. When I said I think this, it was actually three weeks ago, three shows ago. All right, I said it then. Tom, I'll let you take it away. Go. If you can't get to the seven seed by then, don't make the playoffs. Don't waste your time. Because what's honestly, what's going to be much more of a detriment to LeBron James? He's got eight straight finals. He's got no chance, though, for the MVP. That'll come to an end. You have a group of marginal to not-so-great players who, again, they don't like him. So I have to ask you, what's the backside of this? Is it more embarrassing for him to go into the first round and get his ass completely walloped by Golden State or to miss the playoffs altogether because, oh, my God, my groin. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Hey, hey. Woo! Oh, the groin ain't feeling good hamstrings, groins, whatever it might be, shut him down. And you can also do it, and I know this isn't a legal thing, you could also just say, hey, it's old age. Which LeBron would you rather have? If we're talking about stats and building those stats up, which LeBron would you rather have? 34-year-old LeBron who will save himself another month of the season, save himself some grind in the postseason, and I could even make an argument with the seventh seed if they really wanted to do this, have more games added to his career where he could help out his own stance because he's 6,000 points short of the all-time NBA record. He could help out his own standing, but will still get his ass handed to him by the Golden State Warriors at some point in the postseason. Would you rather have that, or would you rather than go to this offseason, have a chance at Anthony Davis, have a chance at Kyrie Irving, have a chance at Kevin Durant, have a chance at these guys, and then come back and dominate, be able to facilitate, be able to score, have them be able to facilitate to you. Would you rather have that, or would you rather be an eight seed and go embarrass yourself against Golden State? It's all still true. That was a month ago, right, Tom? Yeah, that's right. I think the it's ninth. All, it's all still true. You're two games under five hundred right now. I know that. Oh well, wait a minute. Oh yeah, you just lost again. So every game that they win, this is where they turn it around, right? Okay, I just want to make sure, even though they just lost again yesterday. So you're two games under five hundred right now. Out of that eight seed, you are. Th- three and a half games out of that eight seed right now. The Warriors, they've lost a couple in a row. I know some people are worried about the Warriors, but will they or will they not use you as something to give themselves a little bit of that confidence because they're using the old Cavalier technique right now to get themselves in? Or do you think you actually hold a candle against Denver? Maybe you do. Maybe you hold a candle against Oklahoma City. Maybe LeBron can help you raise up over that. But if you can't even get to the postseason in the first place, what's the point of putting the miles on LeBron James? The second part of all of this is how can I take the man seriously 
when he calls out others, says that he's asking whether or not it's the most important things in their lives, and I'm able to find fans who are able to find you in pictures with 2 Chains, the rapper, working on an album the night before a night that you took off against Golden State. This is the reason why we won't call him the greatest ever. He's number two in my eyes. I think he's one. Of, he's the greatest basketball player I've physically talented, greatest basketball player I've ever seen. Hands down. Does great things off the floor. Remarkable. But as of right now, there is a chasm between number one and number two. Some people argue even further, I'm not going to. He's number two to me. Michael's number one. This is the reason. And I'm sure that we'll find out next year. The the thing's supposed to come out in 2020. The 10-part ESPN series. We're going to do 10 parts of it. The ESPN series of the final year of the Chicago Bulls with he, with Scotty, with, with Phil, with Dennis Rodman, the whole thing, the final hurrah before they broke up the Bulls. We're going to get a 10-part series. And I'm sure we're going to see a childish and petulant and egotistical Michael Jordan like we've never seen him before. But that was years ago, and those were still six titles. And we didn't see any of this with with Michael, and we don't really have to. Like Michael wears bad jeans, and he's an internet meme now to the younger generation. But he's still the GOAT. He's still always going to be better than you, and this is part of the reason why. Because for Michael, if he questioned whether or not you loved basketball, I think he meant it. I think people right now are actually sincerely wondering, and I can't believe I'm saying it, are actually sincerely wondering whether or not it's the most important thing to LeBron James. You've got your third title. You completed the storybook in Cleveland. People in Cleveland still, for the most part, like you. You've completed that. You got everything. You started your school. And, and the people who don't like him, it's a sports hate type of thing, and it's still a minority. But you built your school. You got your championship in Cleveland. For the most part, they like you. They'll retire your number. Certainly, you're the greatest Cleveland Cavalier who ever lived. So you're loved at home, and you're loved across the NBA, and you're loved across the world. But it feels like you're consulting now. It feels like you're ending your career early. Michael spent a year and a half away. Still played baseball. That seems decades ago, and it is. And that's why Michael's just the best. And that's why LeBron, no matter what I do to try to argue in the past... You continue to undercut yourself because this does count. This whole era does count. And yes, there might be other guys who will do the same things. Kevin Durant has already done the same thing. Hell, he said yesterday he doesn't even care about basketball as much as he used to. Championships aren't everything to him. But we don't discuss him being the best ever. And we'll never discuss him being the best ever. And it seems like he doesn't care. This does get used against you. Finally on Kyler Murray. And I wanted to get those two things off my chest because now I just feel a whole lot better. I'm sorry. You were on my sounding board, and I appreciate you for listening. Finally, with Kyler Murray, I have more questions than answers with Kyler Murray, and they're not about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray could be, and I'm looking for the holes, the only holes I can find on Kyler Murray. He's still short. 5'10 is still not tall. I don't care what you tell me. He's still a little bit undersized. 207 pounds was a surprise, but let's not act like he's a great big tank back there and can take all the hitting, especially with a guy who likes to run. But the accuracy's there, stayed strong, played, and his stats look better than how he actually played against Alabama, a bunch of NFLers, but tried to keep them in it against Alabama the best he could. I will not knock his competition, his competitive level whatsoever. 
I don't have really much I can knock Kyler Murray on. My question is Arizona. And Arizona has maybe picked, if this is the case, and I think it is, the worst tactic to try to create a market for the first overall pick ever. Go ahead and pick the first overall pick and say, or say it right now, that it's up for sale and we will give it away to the highest bidder. Go ahead and do that. Because the only thing you're doing right now is weirding out Josh Rosen, weirding out your fan base, and you're making me wonder why you still employ Steve Kime. Steve Kime looks like he's about to pop up there. So you're telling me this if you're Arizona. You went through last year. You drafted Josh Rosen number 10 overall. You hired Steve Wilkes before that season. You fired Steve Wilkes after the season. The guy who hired him, Steve Kime. You brought in Cliff Kingsbury. You're going to change your entire offense for a guy who was not a real big winner whatsoever at Texas Tech. But you're going to change your entire offense for him because, oh, Sean McVay, and we're going to do that. Okay, well, just throw Sean McVay on it like a great big blanket and we'll move on. Even though Sean McVay didn't change anything, he just went with his type of player and moved on, moved forward with a different offense, but still with the same pieces, but we don't want to give anything to any sort of nuance whatsoever. So you go ahead and say Sean McVay and throw it on there like a great big blanket. Fine, Cliff Kingsbury. And then you're going to draft Kyler Murray number one overall because it fits Cliff Kingsbury's offense, even though Steve Kime is still employed and he's the guy who drafted Josh Rosen. Number 10 overall, still a first-round quarterback last year. What makes sense? Why is Steve Kime still employed then? Why does he still have a job with the Arizona Cardinals? If you're a Cardinal fan, either you're terrified right now or they're playing the worst game of creating a market for the quarterback that they ever could. It's a quarterback. There's not many of them who can play at a high level. We're looking at quarterbacks differently. If you really want Kyler Murray, then just draft Kyler Murray and start talking about trading Josh Rosen, and we'll trade away Josh Rosen to the highest bidder. Or sell off the number one overall pick and stop weirding out your your first-round pick from Stop weirding out your fan base. Stop cutting off your nose to spite your face. Big thanks to Tom D. Benedetto, Darwin Zook, Peter Schwartz, Chris, Billy Jack. Big thanks to you guys. Also, Tom, have a great vacation, my friend. I'm thanks, Ken sir. Carmen. I'll talk to you next week. All the best. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.